Hello and welcome to Walk to Wellbeing, the wellness podcast from Health and Wellbeing magazine, sponsored by Sketches. I'm Daniela from Health and Wellbeing and I'll be standing in for Holly on this last episode of season two, where in each episode you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk about their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. As we leave them, I'll be joined by some of the magazine team to pick out the things from that walk that we want to put into action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen too. And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you absolutely can. We'd love to hear your answers. So head over to healthwellbeing.com to download the question pack today. Right now though, for episode 10, we're about to join NHS doctor and best-selling author, Dr. Ranj, as he steps out of his front door by the River Thames in March, 2022. Right. Oh, it's quite windy where I am, unfortunately. I am just leaving my apartment block and I'm lucky enough to live very close to the river. Um, So it means that I get to walk along the river every now and again, especially when the weather's quite nice. Um, And it is probably one of my favourite things to do, especially in the summer when the sun's out, everybody's out and about, having fun, enjoying the nice weather. Um, So I'm just going to wander on down to the riverbank now. Trying not to get run over. (laughs) That would be a great start. So I live very close to um, Wandsworth Bridge and often I will walk from here along the river to Battersea Park, um, which takes you all the way down the river and you get to see some lovely sights along the way and you end up in this beautiful park. Um, And then it's the long journey back afterwards. So, Okay, right, let's start along the river then. Um, What gets me, question one, is what gets me out on a walk? Uh, Do you know, sometimes just to clear my head, it's quite, it's it's a great form of exercise. So if I'm feeling a bit sort of sluggish, um, a nice walk gives me a bit of a boost. But yeah, sometimes it's just nice to, if the weather's great especially, it's nice just to get outside. We know that being outside is good for many reasons, for your well-being, be that physical or mental. Um, And just getting outside, clearing your head, getting into a green space if you can, does wonders for your mental health. And then obviously, if you're moving around, Uh, you are doing some physical activity which is also very good for you so I'm now on 
the banks of the River Thames. The tide is in, so the water level's nice and high. Um, when the water level isn't high, you get to see what's on the floor <laughs> of the river, which isn't always nice. Um, but there are barges and houseboats. The occasional river bus will come past. That's a nice little trip into town. Um, let's move on to question number two. Where is my dream walk? Ooh, my dream walk. Um, I've recently, well recently, I said that towards the end of last year, went to Mallorca on a fitness retreat with some friends. It was a fun and fitness retreat. And we actually went for a walk up into, well, more of a climb up into the hills, into the mountains. Um, and that was really good fun. I discovered that I've got a bit of a penchant for climbing. In fact, they nick nicknamed me Goat because apparently I was like a mountain goat. <laughs> so, so it's a skill I never knew I had. Um, that was a nice walk because we got to actually go quite high up and see the beautiful landscape of Mallorca. Um, that was nice, that was a good one. Uh, where would I like to be today though? Ooh. Um, there's a couple, apparently there's some really nice walks around Wales, actually, and the Welsh hills and mountains. That would be nice to do some of that. I've been to Wales a couple of times, but I haven't actually, I've always been to a city. I've never actually been to much of the countryside, so that would be quite nice to see. Um, and where would my dream walk be in the future? Um, somewhere hot. <laughs> somewhere. I feel like we've just had so much bad weather recently. This is what English people do. We complain about the weather a lot. Uh, somewhere nice and warm and sunny. Um, gosh, maybe even like sand dunes. Wouldn't that be cool? Walk, a walk through the desert to completely clear your mind of absolutely everything would be pretty amazing because you know, you're just surrounded by sand. <laughs> and I presume the weather will be quite nice. Um, yeah, maybe a walk through the desert. Just a nice reflective walk. That would be, that would be quite interesting. Question number three. What does switching off look like to you? Um, this is something I actually struggle with a lot. Um, I, I'm guilty of trying to cram in as much as I possibly can into my day. Um, I'm lucky enough to have various jobs that I really, really love doing, but it does keep me really busy. And I have to physically remind myself and stop myself and say, the breaks are just as important as the work. The breaks are when you rest, reflect, recover, recuperate, and refocus. And sometimes I forget to do that. Um, it's so easy to pretend to be taking a moment, but then you're actually on your phone. And we're all guilty of that, myself especially. Um, so every now and again, I have to just check in with myself and say, right, okay, um, just take a moment, have some time to yourself, get off your devices, sit down somewhere comfortable, and just stare out the window. Uh, <laughs> that's one of my uh, 
favourite things to do when I'm trying to clear my head. Um, yeah, that's switching off to me is that, if I mean, we haven't been able to do it for quite some time, but if you're lucky enough to go away on holiday, that's also a really good time to, to just take a break and switch off from everything. Um, and I feel like on holiday you have permission to do it uh, because you've made the effort and that's why you're on holiday. So sometimes it's easier to do that when you're away, but I know that not everyone can do that. And depending on what's going on in the world, um, I've almost been run over by a little terrier dog. That was nice. <laughs> uh, coming up to a helipad, uh, which is, I think the only helipad this side of the river that isn't attached to a hospital. This is a private helipad, so it might get a little bit noisy. You might start to hear the noise of helicopters as I go past. Um, I suppose one thing I also want to make clear is that it's not selfish to take time for yourself. Um, it's actually really, really important. It's self-care. Uh, and I think often we get worried that we're being too self-indulgent. You know, maybe, maybe we're spoiling ourselves and actually self-care and self-love is hugely important. Uh, and it's definitely something I try to do more of whenever I can. Okay, next question number four. Who's really nailing their well-being in your life? Ooh, is anyone? Is anyone really nailing well-being? Is anyone doing it completely right? We're all human, we all get it wrong. <laughs> um, gosh, who's nailing their well-being? I don't know, actually, that's a tricky one. I think everyone around me, everyone around me is so busy. Um, that they're all <laughs> trying to juggle various things all at the same time. We're all spinning plates. Um, who is nailing well-being? Uh, so I've got a friend who is, um, uh, she works for various charities. Uh, lady Phil is her name. She was the lady, one of the people who set up UK Black Pride. Um, and she's got hugely important jobs with various organisations. She does a lot of humanitarian work around LGBTQ plus issues. And she makes a point of downtime and taking time for herself and looking after herself and self-care. She's one who I always look at and look at her. She puts stuff on social media. Um, and I'm a little bit envious, but I'm also like, yeah, that's the way to do it. Actually, she's got it right. She knows that you've got to, and actually she's probably one of the most chilled people I know, and I reckon that's because she does take time. Um, so yeah, Lady Phil, if you're listening, you're nailing the well-being. <laughs> I actually saw her recently, and uh, she reminded me of that, actually. She asked me how I was, and I said, I'm really tired. <laughs> and just, yeah, a little bit spent, and a bit anxious, and. She reminded me that sometimes, you know, you have to look after yourself before you can look after everybody else. Oh, I wish I could be more like Lady Phil. That's what I want to be. Be more Phil, everyone. Okay, number five. When you're feeling stressed, how do you combat your triggers? Think about what helps calm your mind down and clear your mind. 
Um, I'm a massive fan of music and music can either get me up and out of bed and ready for the day, it can get me energised for a workout or it can really calm me down. You know, there's a reason we have music therapy um, and I think music is a great way of unwinding and balancing out your mood and de-stressing. Sometimes it's just as simple as sitting on the sofa with a cup of tea. Um, I don't get a chance to watch much telly, but for me, watching telly is a relaxation thing. It's my way of tuning out, as it were. So sometimes I'll just do that. I have also become a bit of a fan of dancing, <laughs> having spent a little time on a TV show all about that. I fell in love with dancing. Sorry, we're just going past the heliport now. It's so cool. It's so, so cool. You can do helicopter tours of London and it's about 20 minutes and they sort of fly you up and down the River Thames. It is one of the coolest experiences ever and I was lucky enough to do it once. Yeah, so for me, uh, I've become a fan of dancing uh, after doing Strictly and I use dancing as my exercise and my feel good. So I do Latin dance classes with a tutor or I go to a Zumba class or I go to spin because spin is essentially dancing on a bike to music. Um, and I love that. It's not just great physically in terms of exercise, it just really sorts my head out sometimes. Um, I'm writing a book at the moment <laughs> and that's a bit of a stressful experience as much as I love it. And sometimes the break I have is to go and do a class. Um, and my agent always <laughs> jokes with me about that. As a, Are you going to one of your classes now just to unwind and de-stress? And I'm like, yes, I need that. So uh, that reminds me, I haven't done a class in a while. I need to book. Number six, when was the last time you challenged yourself to try something new or different? Ooh, um... I feel like I'm constantly doing that. Like, my jobs that I, I do challenge me all the time. I'm a part-time doctor um, and I work in a children's A&E and that can be fairly full on. Um, no two shifts are the same and you never know what's gonna walk in through the door. But that, I guess, is my comfort zone. That's where, that's my bread and butter. Um, just walking past a lovely restaurant that's got some music playing that's where that's coming from um, I work in the media so I, 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 I do TV presenting or bits on telly and that's challenging especially live TV that's not my comfort zone at all and I was never trained to do that but it's something that I, I've kind of developed into another career um, so that pushes me all the time in fact last week I hosted a quiz show <laughs> for telly, which may or may not be out yet. Uh, but it was a huge step up for me because hosting a quiz show, being a host and anchoring it all together is a big deal. And it's not an easy task. People who do it well make it look really easy because they're so good. So for me, that was a bit of a challenge, but I, it's definitely a challenge I loved doing and I hope to do more of. Um, and then right now I'm writing a book. For, for me, writing is 
this is the throwback from uni days, it gives me anxiety to some extent because it reminds me of dissertations and essays. Um, so I push myself to do it because the end result is worth it. The end result is something you can be proud of. Uh, and books are hugely important, especially for young people, and that's the audience that I write for. So I have to force myself to do it. And even though the process can sometimes be tricky, the outcome is always something that I'm proud of. And I can sort of sit back and say, I did that. Question? Hello, mate. <laughs> You're right. Um, that was quite nice. You all right? <laughs> yeah, of course you can. <laughs> yeah, of course. I don't know. Oh, hang on. Flip it. Thank you very no much. No worries. Cheers. Thank Take care. You too. Well, that's always lovely. <laughs> Just had a selfie with someone. <laughs> um, so the next question, number seven, is when's the last time you cried? Ooh. When was the last time I cried? Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a distressed cry or anything. It was more a, a, an emotional pop-off valve, let's say, venting. <laughs> the, work and everything and life has been quite pressurised recently and I think I just needed a little, let off a little steam. And that's what it was, the pressure cooker popped up <laughs> and the steam came out. Um, so yeah, that was more of a, an emotional venting kind of cry. And I, I think sometimes that's really therapeutic. People always think of, well, a lot of people will automatically think of crying as a negative thing and actually it can be a very, very positive thing as well and actually very therapeutic to do that and just let off that steam um, and allow yourself a little bit more breathing room. Um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And I think that the other thing is that boys and men never really talk about it, do they? Um, and I make a point in the books that I write, so How to Grow Up, which is the grown-up guide for boys, uh, or brain power, which is the learning and well, mental well-being guide for kids. I make a point of how showing your emotions and feeling them, talking about them. Sorry, there's a train going past. Uh, talking about how you're feeling and asking for help when you're in trouble and being able to do things like cry is so, so important. Um, and it's normal. It's natural. Let's normalise those feelings. You have to feel the not so pleasant feelings to appreciate the pleasant ones. What's one recent little win you're happy with? Oh gosh. Um, ah. I, my, my, for me, actually, um, and I don't know the date of when this podcast is going out, this piece, um, I recently released my second kids book well second kind of young people's book um, I've got a few of them other ones out there uh, brain power which is think of it as the ultimate sort of learning brain training and mental well-being guide for kids um, and we that's been out a couple of weeks 
I wrote it actually a year ago. <laughs> I remember sitting in my flat for hours on end, trying to plough through and hit this word count. Um, and like I said, the anxiety that comes with that, but it came out a couple of weeks ago. It's had really, really lovely reviews. In fact, a friend of mine messaged me today to say that she's been reading it every night with her son and they've found it really, really useful. So for me, that's a little moment of pride. That's a little win for me. Um, as somebody who never thought he was ever gonna be a writer or an author, um, to be able to say that I have done it and I've written something that people find useful and helpful, um, that's a win for me. Um, and something I'm very proud of. Question number nine. What's the biggest life lesson? Ooh, that's a jogger going past. That's the other thing about walking along the uh, river. You'll be joined by joggers, cyclists, dog walkers, the works. <laughs> What's the biggest life lesson you've learnt in the last year? Ooh, there's a tricky one. Biggest life lesson I've learnt in the last year. Um, so, I guess one of the big things for me is I had COVID in the summer of last year, summer of 2021, and then I got long COVID afterwards, so I had physical symptoms for several months. Um, so going from someone who was doing, you know, a few workouts or classes a week and really, really active to someone who was struggling to get past 15 minutes of physical activity and getting really breathless and tired, that was a big change for me and it took several months for that to sort of settle down. But I've discovered it's the um, brain fog that's actually persisted. That's the neuropsychological sort of after effects of COVID, which a lot of people are reporting. Um, that can take a real toll on your sort of mental well-being and your ability to do things. And I think that really taught me to slow down actually, because I'm currently still experiencing the after effects of that brain fog. And I find that I can't multitask as much as I used to do. I get over, overwhelmed very quickly. And it's taught me to pace myself. And it's taught me to say no. I'm a people pleaser and I like to do as much as I can, help as much as I can, take on as much as I can. Um, and it's made me sort of stop and think, no, do you know what? You've got to pace yourself and sometimes you've got to say no. Um, now we're walking up to one of my other favorite little bits of the walk. It's a little church that's on the river. Uh, it's a really nice building and the grounds are always quite quiet and serene. And we've got people in kayaks, <laughs> just on the riverbank itself. <laughs> Gosh, that water is going to be freezing. Ooh. Dodging cyclists and dodging joggers. Right, we're just walking through the grounds of the church now. Yeah, so my biggest life lesson, I suppose, in the last year is slow down, pace yourself, take your time, you don't have to say yes to everything. You can say no. And sometimes saying no is important if you want to give 100% to all the things you do say yes to. Um, and I think all of us 
need to do that and give ourselves a bit of a break and again not indulge yourself as, as such but look after yourself our brains can only handle so much um, another thing that I talk about in brain power uh, and another way of looking after your mental health no matter what your age might be and oh we've got to the final final one complete the following sentences okay being healthy is I'm gonna say important it's important because as a medic as a doctor who constantly harps on about it <laughs> and the importance of it um, being healthy is something that is important if you want to be around as long as possible for yourselves for your friends and your loved ones if you want to be productive if you want to make the most out of life and do what you'd like to then yeah being healthy is important um, I think the definition of what healthy is may change, may vary from person to person, but it's still important. Um, and it's important to try to be healthy. It's not easy for everybody. We're not all in the same boat when it comes to health. Some of us are, are born with challenges. Um, some of us live in challenging situations and circumstances. Um, and some of us live challenging lives. So. It's important to try to do your best, but that's, that's the bit. The key word is try. I'm most me when. Ooh. I'm most me when I'm dancing, weirdly. Is that weird? <laughs> when I'm singing and dancing. So um, I've been singing since I was a kid and I got to do um, a show called ITV All-Star Musicals recently well in the last year couple of years and then I did a West End I created my own West End show off, on, off the back of that and um, I am most vulnerable I am most exposed and I am most honest I suppose when I'm singing and dancing because to me those are the things that expose me and make me vulnerable and you get to see who I really am. Um, that's how I convey emotion, is through singing and music. Funny that, not a lot of people expect a doctor to say that. Um, but yeah, singing and dancing are, are when you get to see who I really am. So if you're lucky enough to be on a night out with me, <laughs> We hit the dance floor after a couple of drinks. <laughs> you, you'll get to see the real me. Um, yeah. yeah, and I also, it's interesting. So when I talk about things like dating, um, for me, going out, dancing is really important because then I get to see who the person is and they get to see who I am. And if you can't dance, then I'm afraid it's probably not going to work. <laughs> it's one of the qualities I look for in a person. You can sing and dance, I'm yours. <laughs> 
The best thing about my walk today has been, do you know what, it got me out of the house. I have been feeling really tired and foggy today uh, and I've been ploughing through work and this walk has actually put a smile on my face. <laughs> um, oh gosh, what's going on here? Um, yeah, this walk has reminded me to kind of just enjoy the moment, I suppose. Um, I'm trundling along the river now and smiling to myself and people are looking at me thinking, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've had a chance to reflect a little bit, actually. I didn't know what the questions were going to say, and they've made me think, and they've made me smile. I think that's the, that's the best part of this walk for me, is it reminded me to smile. You might not be in high demand for selfies on the street, but you can certainly demand comfort and style from your footwear. So if you're in need of an upgrade, our sponsor has a huge range of supportive shoes to help you take life at your own pace. So before we dive into Dr. Ranj's answers, let's take a moment to hear from Skechers. Walk to Wellbeing is proudly sponsored by Skechers, the comfort technology company. Put a spring in your step with Skechers' range of comfort-boosting shoes featuring the very latest walking technology. The new lightweight high flex arch fit range is designed to take great care of your feet, wherever your walk to wellbeing may take you. Over 20 years of data was used to create the amazing arch fit cushioning insole, which provides complete foot and arch support. And now you can add Skechers apparel to your walking wardrobe for ultimate all day comfort. Shop the range online at sketchers.co.uk. That's S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S dot co dot UK, where you'll find thousands of shoes, boots, trainers, jackets, tops, leggings, activewear, and more to bring you and your family's style and support with every step. I loved listening to Dr. Randy's walk today. He wasn't afraid to reveal when he's able to be his authentic self through creative means like dancing or singing. So I can't wait to hear what the team have to say about his answers. So this week I'm bringing back Laura, Ray and Cami from the health and wellbeing team. Ray, what did you think about Dr. Ranj's walk today? Yeah, I loved hearing Dr. Ranj speak about um, how he feels his most authentic self when he's singing and dancing. Um, I definitely want to go on a night out with him. <laughs> yeah, same. I think it would be uh, really fun. And yeah, I... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I really I really resonated with that um, feeling of uh, being your most authentic self when you're uh, creating or expressing yourself in a fun and uh, fearless kind of way. I think that that was... Um, Really lovely to imagine. Yeah, I, I also really enjoyed hearing him. You can almost hear the energy in his voice, couldn't you, when he was talking about how much he just loves um, going out and uh, boogieing away on the dance floor and singing his heart out. I just thought that was so nice and also so nice to hear someone talking about something that they are so passionate about and noticing that those are the moments where he feels he's also 
most vulnerable. So, you know, most himself, therefore mm. most vulnerable. I just thought it was a really nice observation that it's both a moment that he is most himself, but also that moment that he recognises he's most vulnerable. And I I did think, gosh, I really should do more of that. Not that I go out very often anymore, but <laughs> I also enjoy singing and dancing, but I don't have his courage. I just do it in the privacy of my own home when nobody else is going to be there to see me at my most <laughs> vulnerable. How about for you guys? Singing, dancing, something you enjoy? Yeah, for sure. I really liked how he kind of related fitness and exercise to something that's really not punishing. You know, he said that he loves to dance. That's kind of like where he's able to like let loose and also going for a spin class as well. I don't know about you guys, but have you been to a spin class recently? It is literally like being in a club, like, and <laughs> the feeling when you step off your bike is absolutely exhilarating. Like everyone's high-fiving each other. Like the energy is so up and I'm just so all about that like feel good exercise and I feel that it was really cool that he was able to share that with us today. I've not been to a spin class for years actually but he made me want to go to one. <laughs> I was like oh yeah I love that feeling. You know like when you're really tired or like he said if you're sort of feeling a bit foggy and in your head and then you go to a class or you do some sort of movement like that and it just completely changes your mood and your energy levels and stuff. Um, like I liked what he said about music as well. So it's not just like movement, but how music can really change his mood. And he uses music to lift him up, give him more energy, but also calm him down and relax him too. Um, I like to do that too. You know, like when you're feeling quite anxious, um, I just think sometimes going for a walk and listening to some like chilled out music can really help you just wind down mm. at the end of the day or calm down. I didn't expect him as a doctor or like a medical professional to be so um, into music and dancing. Like I was really surprised when he said that. But I'm pleased though because, you know, a lot of the ex Strictly people say they're going to carry on dancing. <laughs> so I'm glad that he actually has, you know, that he enjoys it and it's genuine. Can you imagine if Dr. Ranj was your actual doctor? <laughs> I know, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I was thinking that. Imagine the kid would be like, oh my, they would be so starstruck, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, you probably couldn't believe your luck when um, when Dr. Ange comes out and calls your name. He sounds like such a nice guy as well, though. Like when uh, that man came along and asked for a selfie. Yeah. It's so funny <laughs> to, to listen to, but he seemed really pleased with it. Yeah, I wonder if that happens often. Dr. Ranch also mentioned anxiety um and I thought it was really interesting how he kind of linked writing to anxiety because it like brings him back to his university days and I really expected him to say oh writing is so therapeutic and I really enjoy doing it but the fact he had that link to yeah just like a bit of worry and anxiety but at the same time I also thought it was a real strength of character um that he like forces himself to do it anyway because um, he knows that the end result will be really rewarding in the end. Yeah, I think that's such a, an interesting point and I, I was really interested in that too, that sense that, yeah, a, I don't enjoy it, and I, I am a writer. Clearly, he's written several books, and that you know they're very well received. But the process mm. itself is not necessarily one that is stress-free. But <laughs> more than that, that there's hope for all of us in that just because you don't like doing it, or just because it, it comes with an element of, of discomfort, whatever that means for you, 
doesn't necessarily mean that's where you need to stop. Uh, and obviously everyone needs to gauge that. But if you want, you can gently push through that and you can encourage yourself to keep going anyway, even if it is uncomfortable and still accomplish remarkable things. So <laughs> I just thought that was such a lovely takeaway for everyone that, yeah, don't stop just because it's uncomfortable. You could keep going and amazing things might happen. Yeah, definitely. Because he said about um, how he felt challenged a lot in his work and because he, he does so many different things things um like doing live tv and and tv in general is a challenge for him but it's quite interesting for me you know I've seen him on tv so many times and he doesn't he seems perfectly comfortable you'd never know would you mm -hmm. you'd think he's just in his comfort zone but yeah I thought it was really admirable the way he he challenges himself so much I was thinking about the other guests that we've had on as well and don't you think they either fall into one of two categories like they're either like oh I challenge myself all the time you know in, in various different things that they do or they're quite safe and they find it harder to challenge themselves like I think I I definitely fall into the latter I find it hard to do things that are out of my comfort zone and seem a bit scary um, so I do tend to play it safe. But um, how about you guys? Do you like to challenge yourself? That's really interesting. I, I, I can't decide. Oh, I'm a massive wuss. <laughs> I'm totally the same as you, Laura. I tend to white knuckle onto the things that I'm think I think that I'm good at. Um, and yeah, I have this huge fear of um, if if I'm this is classic. If if um, if I'm not good at it, then I don't like it. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm so the same as you. But I think it's I think it is really important to. Um, to be challenged like especially in your work it's very good for you know um motivating yourself and um yeah you know driving you to actually get up in the morning yeah I'm I'm finding it hard to decide which which category I'd fall into but I think I think I do try to challenge myself quite a lot and like I I also do really love my comfort zone and I do like to be in there but it does um it does feel really good when you push yourself to do something that um, that scares you a little bit or um, forces you to be really present, I think is is quite um, quite important and quite rewarding afterwards. Um, yeah, I also f feel that when I'm writing things, when we're working on the magazine, um, that once once I've written it, there is this real big sense of, of achievement and a satisfaction for doing it, even though the process isn't always that comfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really liked what he said as well about um, you have to feel the bad feelings to appreciate the good ones. Um, you know, I think it was after he was talking about when he last cried and the importance of um, particularly for, for boys and, and men and young people to talk about your emotions and show how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, I wonder if that's something that he'd kind of struggled with um, growing up. Um, but, yeah, I thought the book sounded fantastic for you know, helping kids to sort of understand that it's okay to feel these negative emotions and, and to talk about them and that you don't have to pretend that you're, you know, happy all the time. Because it was interesting that he said about crying, what did he call it? Like um, a safety valve? He, I think he said like a pressure cooker cry. Yeah. I've never heard it been described like that before. No, I thought that, but it's an interesting way to, to look at it really. And to, you know, rather than think, oh, I was crying or like it was a a bad thing it kind of reframed it into something that helped him feel better which is what crying is I guess isn't it? yeah absolutely it's a it's a really nice way of thinking about crying especially if you recognize that perhaps you do find it a little bit difficult that actually it's a release of emotion 
uh, and that therefore, you know, you maybe are crying as a as a deliberate strategy to release that emotion, connect with what it is, rather than I think perhaps the pervading belief that perhaps crying is a sign of weakness mm. or a vulnerability that people find really uncomfortable. And it, I agree with you, Laura. Such an incredibly important message for men and and boys that um, yes, there's there are reasons why you might cry that actually are active and healthy and and good expression of emotion, not necessarily um, some of those areas that maybe we think are not quite so desirable. And yeah, if the book is supporting our young people in understanding some of our emotional complexity, that just sounds absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I had the opportunity to try scream therapy recently. Um, when Dr. Rand was talking about um, like the therapeutic benefits of crying, it, it reminded me of my scream therapy session. <laughs> oh my gosh, tell us about that. <laughs> I learned a very um, a very useful lesson in that um, things like anger and uh, fear and emotion, negative emotions in general, um, they just want to be expressed through the body in a safe way, um, and. Yeah, so creating a space for yourself to to let them out will support your general well-being is is what what I learned from the session. And so yeah, the the coach guided me to scream into a pillow and yeah, it was amazing. It was really empowering. Um I felt like a huge release and a sense of relief afterwards. Um I didn't even I didn't particularly feel angry when I went into the session, but I guess I must have had some stored up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I recommend it. Did you feel self-conscious to away? Yeah, I did. I did feel self-conscious at first, but initially she, she guided me to just scream into my hand. Um, but I just felt self-conscious that like maybe my neighbor would hear or like anybody else in the house or someone would be like worried about me. <laughs> I was in trouble. <laughs> um, so I think, I think it is good. <laughs> I think it is good if you can try and find a space where you're, uh, like, not going to be disturbed or you're not going to be worried about that um the coach did recommend like going into uh nature like in a forest or that that can be really supportive but I was also worried that somebody would hear me and be worried about me would think I'm being attacked or something <laughs> uh so yeah you need to try and find a way that works for you so that you're not distracted or self-conscious um but screaming into the pillow was um was good for me because it covered my face and it muffled the sound. Um, she also suggested um, like underwater is a good way of doing it. Like if you're swimming, you can go under the water and scream under the water. Um, but obviously you have to be careful, make sure that you're safe. Um, but yeah, I think you just find a way that works for you. But the, the, the main sort of point is that we shouldn't judge these negative emotions and that it is a form of self-love to allow yourself to feel them and express them in a safe and a healthy way. That sounds amazing, Ray. My personal favorite is I allow myself uh, to wallow. So I <laughs> deliberately feel as rubbish as, as I possibly can. And I'm allowed wallowing, I'm allowed tears, I'm allowed to feel really sorry for myself. <laughs> and just, yeah, I call them wallow days. Um, and they're there to provide almost like a sink for all of that rubbishness. And I just really allow myself to go with it. And yeah, I eat way too much chocolate during these times. <laughs> uh, and then and then that's it. You know, it's, it's like it honours all of that stuff. 
Um, and then um, depending on what's going on, these can be single days. They can maybe just be, sometimes I have plan a wallow day and I don't have enough to wallow about. So, you know, I think, oh, right, okay, that's me. Uh, and at other times it's like, oh no, it needs longer than just one day. This needs to be a wallowing week. <laughs> That's really interesting. It's kind of um, giving yourself permission, isn't it? Mm, you know, like yeah. um, Dr. Rand was saying about giving yourself permission to switch off. Like if you go on mm -hmm. holiday and you've you've planned it, you know, you've planned this is my mm. relaxation time or in Cammy's case, this is my wallow. <laughs> Hopefully you don't wallow on holiday. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's like sort of allowing yourself to do that, to be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to feel feel depressed or and I'm allowed to feel relaxed and all these different things that's a really interesting idea I might try that <laughs> yeah totally and also when he was talking about when um you say no to someone um I actually heard something today and it said when you say no to someone or something um it actually gives your yes a lot more meaning because um you know you've put those like boundaries in place oh I love that mm. yeah puts your puts those boundaries in place between you um, and the other person or perhaps you and, you know, uh, work boundaries or something like that. So, yeah. And also as well, I think when, when you kind of like say no to someone for maybe like your mental health or, um, just don't fancy it that day, um, you're actually like saying yes to yourself, mm -hmm. um, which I think is like really empowering. And again, kind of like, um, threads into that theme of, um, time for yourself isn't selfish. And I think we've had every guest kind of say that, um, well, by the way, you know, it's okay to have time for yourself and it's definitely not selfish. Yeah, we definitely can't hear that enough. I think that that message that it's not selfish to take care of yourself. Um, actually, for me, my standout moment um, was when Dr. Range answered the question, uh, is anybody nailing their health and well-being at the moment? And he said, is anybody doing that? Like, we're all human. Mm -hmm. uh, we're all busy spinning plates all the time. Yeah. And, you know, there is, I think, especially if you're, if you're into health and wellness and, um, you're having these kind of conversations and hearing these things that can come, that can come with a bit of pressure to like be feeling like you're nailing it all the time or like you're, t you're ticking all the boxes and you're, you're meditating and you're exercising and you're feeling like, uh, you're prioritizing mm -hmm. that. Um, but we are all human. And so, yeah, that was, it was really, um, a nice reminder uh, from Dr. Range there to kind of have a bit of compassion around that. I think he's the first guest to say that, to to question, you know, is anyone nailing their well-being? Because I think everyone has their, you know, their people in their life or people they follow on social media that they look up to, that they think that they, you know, they're they're nailing their well-being, they're, they've got all the answers <laughs> and they must have this amazing life and they must feel really good all the time. So, yeah, it's a good reminder to think that no one feels good all the time and, you know, no one's perfect. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's like what he said about being healthy is important. Yeah, I loved that. And that the, the key word um, is trying to be healthy. Mm. And we should all just, you know, do our best to try, but acknowledge that there are going to be challenges and, you know, different situations that arise, but it's just a work in progress. Totally. Is that going to be your takeaway, Laura? <laughs> Yeah, probably. Well, I think yeah, there's a lot of um, takeaways from this one, actually. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. And I, I really liked, I think the biggest um, takeaway actually is that just the, the power of a, a simple walk, because I feel like, I don't know about you, but as I was listening to it, I felt his mood change mm -hmm. and I felt it kind of shift. And you know, at the end, he sort of, 
he seemed, he was like, oh, I feel a lot happier now. Like at the start, he did sound a bit tired and you could hear it in his voice. And by the end, he sounded a lot more uplifted. So it's really nice to to hear that that process actually happening because we all feel it when we go for a walk, don't we? It's so true. I think we've got uh, yet another walk to wellbeing convert there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I agree, Laura. That was that was my big takeaway was actually, you know, his his final thoughts about just exactly that, how very, very powerful a walk, but specifically in this instance, because he was reflecting on answering those questions that they actually helped correct, connect him with other moments in his life with the things that matter to him and it was Mm. that process of walking and taking the time just to think Mm. uh, that allowed him to um, you know get to that space where he's saying yeah it's important the nicest thing about this is just to take some time to reflect a little um, yeah make a little time um, take some space for yourself and that for me was the big takeaway because it felt that's been a theme that has run right through all of our guests this season is just how powerful taking a walk but also answering those questions taking some time just to think and reflect for yourself can be so I am leaving with a reminder of the power of reflection even better if you're doing it while you're moving yeah absolutely that's going to be my biggest takeaway as well um Dr Ranch has inspired me to um to go easy on myself to remember that I'm also human and uh, I'm allowed bad days as well um but yeah, how how much you can shift your mood just by moving, whether it's walking or dancing or expressing yourself creatively. I think that Dr. Rand has really inspired us all to um, embrace being our authentic selves. And uh, yeah, that was a really valuable thing to take away from his walk to well-being today yes absolutely and i think the opportunity to reflect has come in a really timely manner as this is our last and final episode of the series so a huge thank you to dr range for taking us with you on your thames walk and i loved chatting to you all today so a big thanks from me to you ray laura and cammy and of course to our feel good and positive guest dr range Most important of all, though, thanks so much to you for listening. If this is the first time you've joined us, there are plenty more episodes you can subscribe to and download. But if you've been with us from the beginning, thanks so much for coming with us and our fabulous guests on their walks to wellbeing. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and wellbeing team, stay well and see you soon. Before you unlace your trainers, we've got an exclusive health and wellbeing magazine subscription deal for you, our lovely Walk to Wellbeing listeners. Head to giftstoyou.com forward slash apod2, that's A-P-O-D and the number two, to get three issues for just $9.99, saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door too. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag walk to wellbeing and you can even download exactly the same list of questions you heard our guest chat through earlier in the episode. You could record your very own walk to wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. For all the details, head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today.